0: Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to another week of The Stacks. I'm your host here, Tracy Thomas. This week, our guest is author and all-around lovely human, Asia Gable. Asia joins us to discuss reading, writing, music, and of course, her amazing debut novel, The Ensemble. And that's all coming up in a little bit here on The Stacks. But first, I have a super exciting announcement. We are launching mini episodes here on the show starting next Monday, December 3rd. These episodes are going to happen every other week on Mondays, and they're going to feature authors and their books. We won't ask the same questions we ask on the full-length episodes, but instead, we're going to focus on writing a book, the creative process, a bunch of other fun stuff like snacks because snacks is what I care about most in the world. So that's what we're going to focus on. (laughs) Just kidding, mostly writing A Little snacks. There won't be any spoilers on the mini episodes. They're more of a way to connect you with a variety of authors and genres that you might not be familiar with. And of course, they're gonna help you add to your TBRs. Our first mini episode is next Monday, December 3rd, and it's gonna feature Crystal Hana Kim. She's the author of next week's Stacks book club pick, which is If You Leave Me. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss a single full length or mini episode. And while you're at it, make sure you leave us a review and a rating. It goes a long way to spread the word about this show. In order to keep creating new content like mini episodes, we rely on the help of listeners like you. One of the best ways to help the show is to go to patreon.com slash thestacks and become a member of the Stacks Pack. You decide on a monthly amount to contribute and earn perks like the virtual book club and more, all while helping to make this show a reality. If you're interested in joining the Stacks Pack, go to patreon.com thestacks. And if a monthly subscription isn't your thing, you can do one-time donations at paypal.me slash thestackspod. I want to give a special shout out to a recent member of the Stacks Pack, Courtney Coulter. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, you can click through the links in our show notes before you shop on Amazon. This way, the Stacks earns a small commission off these purchases and it comes at no cost to you. So it's a win-win. Okay, now it's time for you all to meet the lovely Asia Gable. I'm so excited about having her on the show. I hope you enjoy it. All right, you guys, welcome back. We're here today with author Asia Gable. Asia's debut novel is The Ensemble, and we're going to just get all bookish. So welcome. Hello.
1: Thank you for having me. Oh my
0: God, we're so excited you're here. Um, So... Before we talk about your book and you being an author, mm-hmm. do you want to tell us anything about you besides that one thing that everyone's talking about is that you're an author, like where you're from <laughs> or like what you do with, besides write things? For Sure. Um,
1: I'm from Northern California, but Yay. I have lived all over the country and I just moved back to LA about a year and a half ago. Um, yeah. And I, uh, I just got married this year. This year was insane. Big year. Yeah. Do you like LA? I really like LA and I'm trying to figure out why, <laughs> like everybody talks about how terrible it is. And you're yeah. like, Oh yeah, the traffic is terrible. Like, Oh yeah. People sometimes are really shallow. Like, yeah, uh, but there's something about it. I think it's because there's so many different LA's mm-hmm. that you can find whatever you want, depending on your mood. And I'm yeah. like very much a Gemini. So I oh. care about like, you know, today I feel
0: like being in like little Tokyo. Like right. Tomorrow
1: I feel like, you know, Glendale.
0: I I'm also from the Bay and I thought that I was going to hate LA and I also really like it, which is like kind of shameful. And I know all my friends are going to be like, you like LA. But like I do, I know you're raised to like hate hate LA, And I lived in New York too. So it's like, I shouldn't like it here. Yeah. But I do. So in your face, um, (laughs) I actually, speaking of all the places you've lived, I highly recommend everyone going to Asia's website, which I'll link to in the show notes and looking at her resume section. (laughs) It's really great. I loved it. I was giggling. It's fun. I won't spoil it. Um, so you're a writer. Mm-hmm. You are like a well-educated writer. You have mm-hmm. all the writing degrees. Sure. Yeah. You have an MFA mm-hmm.
1: and a PhD. I know. Is that crazy? Yeah. I'm not sure I recommend it. It's okay. certainly not in any way necessary, but <laughs> right. um, I did it because I just wanted to find a way to make a writing life, and I wanted more time, and so I thought a PhD would give me more time. Right. Did it? it? No. no. PhD, it turns out, is very hard, yeah. and- Uh, very time consuming but I did um you know just get to meet a lot of cool people Mm -hmm. and um and I thought I wanted to teach and ended up not doing that so you
0: do you have to teach when you're getting your PhD or not yes
1: yeah and it like prepares you to get a like a professorship but then I just ended up not doing that and so it's not like a waste but um it just wasn't and it didn't end up being useful in the way I thought it
0: would be does anyone call you doctor
1: um, my husband,
0: <laughs> I just feel like after all that work, like everyone should be calling you Dr. Gable, Dr. Sometimes, Asia. Sometimes I get plan tickets and I put you doctor put on there. Yeah. yeah, that's right. You should. <laughs> in, when you get a it's in creative writing. Yeah. Uh-huh. When when you get a PhD in creative writing, do you write a dissertation and is that a book?
1: Yes. And yes. And then you also have to write a critical, uh, p- component. So okay. you write like 40 pages on,
0: um, someone else's
1: something. Just sort of on putting your book in context of like the literary oh, canon and I what see. your concentration was and everything.
0: And was your book the ensemble? Yeah. So that an, an early draft, an early version. Yeah, yeah. Right. I'm sure things change. Yes. Um, and so then you have to defend it. Yeah. What? Okay, I understand. <laughs> like, so Sarah, who was. Is my brother's girlfriend, but also was on, like, the second episode of the show. She's getting her PhD in ethnic studies, and I cool. understand how that works because mm-hmm. that makes sense to me that, like, you're writing about something, like, thoughts that you're putting together, yeah. and you defend it based on, like, the research and this and that. But yeah. how do you defend your novel? Yeah. Like, what are, are they, like, uh, that's bad, and you're like, no, it's good. Like, <laughs> like, I don't understand.
1: So you do that in MFA, too. You have to defend your thesis in MFA. And is that also a book? It's yeah. It can, it, usually people don't finish right. a book, okay. but yeah, um, y, you know, it was a panel of five people. Alex G was one of them, okay. and and Antonia Nelson, and just these these writers that I had worked with and knew and respected for a long time, mm-hmm. and they just asked really tough questions, like why why is the structure this way? Oh, okay. Um, you know why? Are, you know someone asked someone said something like the book is really heterosexual. And I was like, oh my God. And then I started to, think, and then I revised it and started to think about relationships between, um, not necessarily homosexual relationships, but just like the, the way relationships felt very traditional and like tried to explode that a little bit. So,
0: so that's something that you got out of defending. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the book is heterosexual, but it's not, I know you're you're talking about We're not going to spoil the book, but we're going to talk about it. It's probably like a good segue. Um, Well, I do have a question about teaching writing Mm -hmm. because writing is like super personal. But then there are also things about writing, I'm sure, like every other art form that are very practical. Like, so what are things that you feel like, generally speaking, people like students of yours run up against that gets in their way of writing?
1: Mm. A lot of people think that it is more practical than personal so that if you sit down every day and write for this many hours that you will then have a book. And I think Mm. that there's so much of it that is about accessing the part of yourself that isn't logistical, that isn't um, that sort of concrete and tangible. And because when you read a book, you want to lose yourself in it. And Mm. so when you're writing a book, you sort of have to lose yourself in it a little bit and it's hard to teach people people to lose themselves sure um so i think that's the number one thing with students that
0: i that i find over and over again that's interesting um and then what would be like just some general ish advice we have a lot of people who are readers who want to be writers Mm -hmm. like what's like good writer advice besides like write every day i know everyone says that but do you have anything that's not that (laughs)
1: um i think Two things I would say. One is, which are maybe sort of contradictory, one is to write the book that you want to read. Don't Mm -hmm. write the book that you think other people want to read. Like, you're not going to write a good book if you're writing it for an agent. Yeah. Um, And then the second one is to read widely. So that means, like, to read against your instincts, maybe. And I really only started to try to do that in the last like five years and i wish someone had told me earlier like like keep track of what kinds of authors you read and then change it right because that's the only way you're gonna you know know what's possible
0: that's good advice just for readers in general yeah even non-writer readers because i'm a non-writer reader i'm right writing freaks me out really that
1: is so funny they're so connected to me
0: yeah well that makes sense because you're a writer. I'm a reader. I don't yeah. know. I, I grew up as a dancer and I did choreography, but in my mm. mind, those things are connected but very different. Yeah. Like the creating of something is different than the like ingesting of something. Yeah. Or like the watching of something. Yeah. And you're a musician yeah. and you played cello, which yeah. is obviously connected to this book yes. in some ways. But like, did you ever compose? No. Because yeah. like composing and playing music are different. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. Right? Like, yeah. I feel like they're different things. Yeah. I don't know. I, but. There are people who read and want to write because of reading. And then there are people who write and read because of that. And then there are people who just like, I guess, love both. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, That's that's so funny that
1: you say you're a dancer. I feel like a lot of, I feel like the correct audience for this book is former dancers. Really? Yeah. A lot of people who have been trained in dance respond to it. I, I don't hear it from that many musicians. Maybe it's a little like too close Maybe. to the yeah. subject, but I think there's something really like competitive, yes. physical about dancing that is similar
0: to yes. you know, classical music playing. And I'll I'll like I think we buried the lead a little bit. I know a lot of people <laughs> are going to be very curious what I thought about this book, this real piece of real life fiction. I actually loved it. Like I messaged Asia when I finished, and I was like. I really liked your book. Like kind of like weirdly, like I was conflicted. I was texting some friends who like love fiction, who read it. And I was like, I ended up liking it. Is that wrong? Like, should I have not liked it? Because I think that I don't like fiction. I did end up really liking it. And maybe that has something to do with the dancing part of me Mm -hmm. because dancing is super competitive Mm -hmm. and I could relate to it. And I did have an early connection to the book, which is I once choreographed an opera at Curtis School of Music. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) I was like an assistant And choreographed this opera, like, a few years ago. So when it said Curtis, I was like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Curtis is, like, a super competitive conservatory opera and musicians. And those musicians are insane. And they played for the opera. And I was like, when I went to the Zitz probe, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, Do you want to tell us a little bit about your book? Sure, sure. It's
1: about a string quartet. And it's sort of, you know, a love story, but I don't think – it's not just a love story. It's not just a romantic love story. It's a love story between characters. It's also a love story about how you make art with um, people in a very intimate way over the, over almost a lifetime. Right. And, um, yeah, it's told from all four of the perspectives, two men, two women. And it follows them from when they're, you know, around 1920 to um, middle, mid-40s, 50s. Um, uh Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, I liked that the music was there, but I also loved that the music didn't get in my way. Like mm. I didn't feel like a, I was worried that I was like not going to understand it cause I don't listen to classical music Yeah, and like, I'm not in, like, I'm not into classical music and I thought I'm going to hate this. Like yeah. it's going to, you know, but it, the music moves with the writing in a way that really it doesn't get in your way. It kind of just feels like right. Like, of course, they're classical musicians. Like, of course, it's music. Um, This is how I explain the book to my husband. And this is a real compliment. And so if this is insulting to you, it's not meant to be because this is my favorite television program. It is Grey's Anatomy of String Quartet because they say that the characters think and talk about themselves in like a self-aware way that I don't think, like not all normal people understand in a moment like, what a kiss means or like mm-hmm. what a, what playing this so, this note in this moment, like what that's saying about the people around them. And mm-hmm. I feel like on Grey's, they're very aware of each other and like they're very connected and understand. And like they do it with their faces and their acting. But I felt like there would be scenes where like, there's a scene where Brit and her, I don't want to give anything like, Britt. And someone have, like, a fight and there's, like, this non-apology. And uh-huh. I was like, this non-apology is the fucking best. And I wish that I actually said that when I meant that. And, like, that's Grays to me. Like, when I watch Grays, I'm like, I wish that I said what Meredith said in that moment instead of being yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Like, the characters move and speak. Like from a, re- they're really smart. Yeah, that I I was like a long way of saying that. But yeah. I, I liked that.
1: Yeah, I. The way I think about it is like you want like the way characters interact to be s- similar, so they're relatable, so you recognize right. what's happening. But you want it to be like a little bit more saturated, like yeah. a little bit more like you're saying, "Oh, I wish I said that." Right. Like what you think you mean, right? Um, like
0: the yeah. better version of you, the yes. way that you wish that yeah. Shonda Rhymes would write. Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like they're totally like. <laughs> If the, if there was a the ensemble television show, yeah. it would be written by you and Janda. It would be <laughs> great. Um, but I really liked I like that feeling of smart and quippy and like they're all emotional, even though they're not emotional. Like no one is. Even like Henry's probably like not that emotional, mm-hmm. but like he's emotional yeah. compared to like a normal person, Yeah. and that's also like artists, right? Yeah, in I think general. that
1: if you're doing something like music or dance, you're kind of selling your inter- your emotional interpretation right. of something. Right. So I was really interested in that part of yeah. it. Like, yeah. what happens if you grow up? Like as a kid who's supposed to sell this emotional journey right. like that I, mean, I guess
0: that's what child actors are too right like... or like do you ever see the videos of the child like ballroom dancers no okay I'm gonna send you some I'm also posting the shillings but like they don't understand sex but ballroom dancing is like very sexy so they'll like smack their hips or like oh. do like body rolls but like their eyes are dead because they don't yes. know what they're doing yeah. and like even like children like who are really great at music it's like yeah. they don't have So have to grow that, into yeah, that that's i was reading
1: this article um early on in drafting where um it said that prodigies like classical music prodigies especially often have breakdowns around like 20 22 because they've been aping um real life like they've been they've been imitating these adult emotions for so mm-hmm. long, and then when they get to that point where you actually can physically experience right. the adult emotions, it's either overwhelming, disappointing, or you realize you've been faking it. Like there's all right. this like psychological stuff that happens.
0: Do a lot of prodigies in music end up like staying successful and as they get older, or do they fade out like a lot of child actors? I.
1: Don't know. I don't know. I think that it's so rare prodigies mm-hmm. in classical music. So there's a like, in, there's like a machine that keeps them going, right? Like into career success. But I, I don't really know. I only be sort of knew one growing up, and he's really successful now. Still. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Um, do you relate to any of these characters? Like, well, let me put it this way. I really liked Brit. And I was like, I would like to be friends with Brit, but I am not a Brit. Mm -hmm. I'm very much more of a Jana. And like, I don't know. Do you feel like (laughs) you see yourself in any of them specifically Mm -hmm. or that like you like any of them Mm -hmm. more than the others? Yeah. I think those answers are different. I
1: think I see myself probably a little bit in all of them. Sure. Um, Brit is definitely my favorite and that's so good to hear you say because i feel so like i feel so protective of her and like tender her. towards her mm-hmm. and i'm so afraid that people will be like oh what a drip or she's the worst or i think i've read something someone said that like said that once and it hurt me so deeply oh. that i was like um but i definitely feel the most for her. she was like my anchor character, mm-hmm. which sometimes I tell my students to have, like, who's the person that you can return to when you're having writer's block? Right. So you always know you can go write that character. Right. Something about her just felt, I felt very, like, immediate. Like, mm-hmm. I could access that
0: part of yeah, her. totally. Yeah. And then was there one that you feel like you see yourself as the most? Um, Or no? I think Daniel's,
1: like, struggle, mm-hmm. the, the sort of, like, not being good enough. Sure. Like, self-protective thing. Mm-hmm. I definitely can relate to can it. relate to, yeah, definitely,
0: and are those okay, like I said, I don't know anything about music, so are the characters like and their instruments are those archetypal mm-hmm. at all in like classical music, yes. or okay,
1: yeah, like the first violins are usually like bossy, um the violas are usually like hapless, like the cellists are very stable, and the second violinists are very passive, okay, so I wanted to like play with those stereotypes and archetypes and um and and really like not just use them but like examine them so right. what if like the ambition and the drive of that first violinist like what kinds of problems would that cause in right. her life right. like and how would she reconcile like career success with that you know um and i try to do that with all of them um that was really fun yeah yeah
0: I feel like I, as I was reading it, I was like, I feel like this is probably a thing that mm-hmm. like their personalities are like, if you know music, you know. Yeah. Like I'm assuming, I'm, I assumed that the first violinist would be, sounds like a bossy job. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Like who wants to be the second violinist when you yeah, be the first one? But I But I relate to Jana the most and I'm bossy. Yeah. So that makes sense. <laughs> um, okay. I have some practical questions about writing a book, kind of. Okay. Mostly about your cover. Ooh. How much say do you have in the cover and then how much say do you have in future covers in other places
1: um I can only answer from my experience with okay. Riverhead I don't really don't know I think it works differently at other okay. publishers Riverhead I don't know if you know, but their covers are so yeah awesome they're amazing and so they're very like their art department um, Helen Yentis is their art director they're really protective of that and and I totally get it. Um so I felt very comfortable. They sent me like one or two iterations on a cover that I uh didn't connect with mm-hmm. and um and then they sent a third version which was this which was very different and it was like unanimous everybody loved it. Okay. Um it just took a you know second to land right. on that. Um and then, you mean like foreign covers? Yeah, because you yeah. have
0: different, like the UK version will look yeah. totally different. Yeah. Do you know?
1: Yeah. Um, so far, they've sent me those covers and said like,
0: here's your cover. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> and i would be like, great. Okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe if you get to certain sort of three books, four books status, you would sure. have more of a say. But I also, if something really, really bothered me, like the first version they sent of this you were like i thinking. would be it would i would say something okay. but for the most part i'm just like they know more than I do, like, what is going to sell. Right. Like, they, I don't know that part. Right. So,
0: right. yeah. It's a good cover. I like it. I
1: really like it, too. It's,
0: I like it. Like, the, there's, like, different flowers, and mm-hmm. the flowers are, I'm assuming, the different people.
1: Yeah. Did I
0: you do know, that right? I think so. I, no one ever explicitly explained it to me, but that's how I think about it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Yeah. And then there's, like, these, like, curly things that I think kind of look like a cello. Yeah,
1: they're, like, fiddle leaf. Fiddlehead ferns, I think,
0: is what they're called. Yeah. Just another thing I know nothing about. Plants. (laughs) I have an orchid. It's died like nine times. I keep getting new ones. That's it. (laughs) Um, Okay. We're going to kind of leave your book for now. Okay. Um, But I'm going to just have one more say. It's really good, you guys. And this is coming (laughs) from like someone like you know not that into the writing is really good Mm -hmm. aside from the story working and like being suspenseful in a non-suspense situation like there is no murder spoiler I (laughs) like that didn't have murder but it feels like we're working towards something which I really liked and then the writing itself is good so I'm excited about people reading this book but I'm also really excited about whatever you're doing next Mm -hmm. and I won't ask you about it because I know that that's like personal and weird it's too soon and like we don't need to know you'll tell us we'll post about it in the future um But, oh, I know I had one more question about the book. Okay. If you were going to, like, make it into a movie or something, do you know who you would cast in it in your dream world?
1: Um, Yes, I think so. Um, I know a couple. I think that there's – when I think of Henry, I think of, like, um, the guy who played Spider-Man in the most recent version. I don't know. Not Toby McGuire. Okay. Not Toby McGuire. (laughs) No, no, no. I don't know oh who God. that is. What's that guy's name? I can look it up. He's just sort of like a goofy a guy. Yeah. Okay. And then um Britt Marling was someone I always had in mind for Britt, which sort of was like how she got her name initially. Oh, really? And then true. I just like never changed. I don't it. know who that is. She's um she's like an indie actress. Once so you look her up, you'll be like, okay. Oh, that is her. Yeah.
0: I I feel that Jana, I just felt really Rooney Mara vibes
1: um yes I have written that down before oh you
0: have okay mm-hmm. good that Absolutely. was the one I didn't cast anybody else but that was the one that I was like this is very runa- rude yeah. i I feel like she could really just be yeah. all that yeah. great. yeah um okay well we'll move on from this we'll talk about your books um but you also do this other job where you copy edit and I did want to ask you that's like commas and shit right
1: no no so i copy i'm a copywriter like for advertising
0: like peggy olsen style yeah i see is that her name i don't know madman whatever like advertising. oh yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. i don't watch that show but i know you're talking about yeah um i thought you did copy editing oh hell no that's what i was thinking i was like if you're a copy editor and then you write your own book are you just obsessed with like commas and periods i don't know how you could do it could you do it no no (laughs)
1: no and you have to when you when you publish a book there are like three rounds at least of like copy edits that come back that are like, I mean, they are so intense pages and pages and pages.
0: But then like, there's always still a typo. Always. There's how many are in yours? Um,
1: I think there that I know of there are two. Okay.
0: That's not that many. (laughs) I know someone who has this and he has 27. (gasps) Um, but he's like, laughs about it. He's like, buy another copy of my book. And there might only be 24. But like (laughs) He's like, I'm never fixing them. Like it's just anyways. Um, Yeah, I always think about that. I'm like, I know people read this book a thousand times, and if I catch the mistake, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so bad at this because I can't spell anything. Like, I'm terrible at commas. But that's got to be frustrating for the copy editor.
1: I don't know why you would ever do that job. I mean, God bless them, but it's like we need them. But
0: yeah, it's (laughs) it's a nightmare. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last Okay, we're going to dive into the questions, the Stacks questionnaire. Uh, we always start here. What are two books you love and one book you hate? Ooh. And if you are one of those people who doesn't like to say hate, you don't have to. You can say dislike. I don't. Some people get weird.
1: Um, Zadie Smith's On Beauty, I think, is my favorite book ever, and Whoa. I didn't think I would ever be able to say I have a favorite book ever, but I have just read it so many times, it feels like it's a part of me. Um and then Alice Munro's Open Secrets, which is a collection of short stories, mm-hmm. um really taught me a lot. And then um, a book I hate is Franzen's The Corrections, yes. which he's not listening and he doesn't care. So
0: and but whatever I I force myself to read Freedom, and that is <laughs> one of the nightmares of my life. Really. <laughs> Yeah, Oprah said it was going to be good, and Oprah lied, and I'll never forgive her. (laughs) Like, truly, I hate that book so much. Yeah. Um, Did you see his, like, advice for writers? Yep. He posted some, he, like, read some op-ed or something that was like, here's advice for writing. What did you think?
1: I mean, some of it is fine. Some of it is really stupid. Yeah. And then, most of all, just the, it's not, it wasn't advice. It was, like, the hubris of saying rules. Yeah. It was, like, 10 rules for writing a novel and
0: i was like no
1: dude like there are no rules first of all
0: and your books like aren't even that good sorry like if i'm (laughs) gonna get rules from somebody like i'm gonna call tony morrison yeah i'm gonna call somebody that i'm interested in hearing their advice or rules yeah um the corrections yeah okay what are you reading right now
1: um i am reading this book called chalk by josh rifkin
0: Wait, I've seen this. It's the black with like mm-hmm, the writing. Okay, mm-hmm. Talk about it, talk about it.
1: He, um, it's nonfiction and it's about the artist Cy Twombly. I don't know if you know him. Mm-hmm. He's super rad and was super reclusive and didn't give a lot of interviews. And Josh spent like years trying to figure out this guy and he like was gay maybe, but didn't really talk about it. And so it's, it's a really big book. And, um, yeah, he, he just, I, I'm super into, fine art and so I'm really excited about this book
0: okay yeah <laughs> and do you just read one book at a time
1: oh yeah me do, too yeah I can't do how? it
0: I don't people are into it I can't because for me if I'm reading a book and yeah. then I pick up another book what if I like that other book better then I'm gonna finish that book and then I'm gonna go back to the first book and be like where was I yeah I'm angry I don't yeah. know what's going on yeah and then there are people who will read like I'm gonna read 30 pages in this book tonight and then thir- I'm like how can you just stop
1: yeah, no, it, it's a journey, and I'm on one journey at a yeah, time.
0: One, one at a time. <laughs> Sometimes I'll listen to something through audiobooks
1: books while oh, yeah, I'm reading that's something different. else.
0: But I that's different one. Yeah. Yes. Um, what are you? What are some of the things you're looking forward to reading? Oh my god, so much! Okay. I wrote so much down. <laughs> Good. The
1: number one book I am looking forward to reading as soon as I finish this book I am currently reading
0: is Friday Black
1: <gasps> by Nana Kwame adjei
0: Brenya. I just got it. Yeah. I don't want to give a spoiler, but we might be doing this, that book on the show in the future in the, in 2019. Um, I can't wait. It looks so
1: good. So good. It looks so good. Yeah. Um, I met him on the like circuit a little Mm. bit recently and he's also the best guy ever. And
0: he's like really well dressed, right? So So well dressed. -dressed.
1: (laughs) So well dressed. Um, and so I'm so excited to read that. I'm so excited to read, um, Fruit of the Drunken Tree. Yeah. I have that
0: too. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. I went to Columbia and then the book came out like a few weeks later and I was like, I have to read this and then I got it and I haven't read it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm so excited to read that. Um, and then there's this book called Lot, which is a collection of short stories that hasn't come out yet by Brian Washington. There was this, a story in the New Yorker called Wah, like two or three weeks ago. Okay that I was reading it in a restaurant and then I started to cry. <laughs> and then I emailed the publisher who was also my publisher and was like, I need this book immediately. So.
0: Oh my Okay. It. It's called lot. Lot. Okay. Um, how do you pick like what to read next? Do you, do you go to your friends? Do you just kind of know mm-hmm. because you know, authors?
1: Yeah. I feel like I have this huge stack, which I'm sure you do. I'm mm-hmm. just things you think are interesting but then deciding what I'm gonna read next is like such a like I'm like consulting the crystals. Right. It's just like feels very like you wanna read the right book at the right time, you know? Because totally. if you read the wrong book, the book at the wrong time I can yeah. really mess things up. We talk about this all the time. Yes. yes. Like yeah.
0: it's gotta be it's gotta be the right time yeah. in your like week. Yes. But also like the right time in your life. Mm-hmm. Like and some, then yeah.
1: And then if you're a writer too, you have to be careful. I do like I don't want to read the right thing for my writing because I'm sometimes Um, it bleeds in. And so I don't want to read something, you know, a vacation book when I'm in work mode, you know? Right. So, um, it really is like just mood dependent and I really have to be in touch with that. I know that's such like a woo woo answer. That's okay. Yeah.
0: Wait, when you're, when you wrote the ensemble, what kind of stuff were you reading Mm -hmm. for your writing? I was reading stuff that was, um
1: had really beautiful sentences and um was about family okay so i read a lot of alice mcdermott i read
0: sadie smith um i read a lot of short stories did you read stuff were you rereading these things or were you reading them for the first time? rereading a lot of
1: rereading yeah i almost didn't read a lot of I read almost nothing new while I was really working on
0: it because you like weren't sure if it would get in your way. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you do a lot of rereading in general?
1: I guess only then. Yeah, not really. No.
0: Um, what's a book that you really like to recommend to people? Mm -hmm. Um.
1: I really like to recommend On Beauty. Have you read it? I haven't read oh. it. I've Do you I've never like read
0: her? any Zadie Smith. What? I know. It seems like something I should read, right? Also, there's one about dance. Swing time, yeah. right? Yeah, I know. I know. I know all about it. I just have never done it. <laughs> Are you, like, scared? No. It just never feels like... What... I generally am running to nonfiction. Mm. Like, it, like, my list of books that I want to read is all nonfiction, and then yeah. I, like, push... Fiction in like where I need to, yes. or like if there's something like Friday Black I really want to read, mm-hmm. but like I can't really remember the last time I really wanted to read something fiction. Mm-hmm. Like when the National Book Award nominations came out, I read a lot of fiction because there was a lot of fictiony things, but mm-hmm. that felt like I was exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, ugh, I don't get it. It's I like, like work. It. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas like if I want to read something it's like yeah i want to read books about like Jonestown. then wait for the right time for Zadie.
1: the other one i really like to recommend is speaking of nonfiction is um and you've probably read this okay, we'll the people who eat darkness
0: okay i've not read it what? but i'm going to japan and i have it and it's sitting on my shelf and i'm saving it i'm going to japan in march so i'm saving it for closer oh my to my trip
1: oh my god But i've had it for like six months i'm like i can't wait till you talk about that on the podcast am i gonna love it I think you're gonna love it. I, I can't think wait. it's an amazing true crime book. Is it
0: scary? Yeah, a little bit. Okay, That makes me a nervous. A little bit. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna read it soon. I'm hoping to read it in January. That's my goal.
1: Okay. It was one of those things I like. Read it in two days because I was like, okay. oh, and I think I was on a. I was in Mexico with my fiance then, my then fiance, and he was like, "Are you gonna hang out with me?" And I was like, "I can't stop reading no, this thank book." You. Yeah.
0: Do you want to tell people a little bit what it's about?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's about um, an airline flight attendant who moved to Japan, like American flight attendant gets a job as a hostess in a hostess club there and then disappears. And there are, there is no crime in Japan. There's certainly no very few missing cases. And this reporter, this British reporter goes on this, um, you know, just really writes a deep dive on what happened and the, the criminal justice system in Japan I don't want to sp- it's hard to talk about All it right. without spoiling That's it. Enough. That's yeah.
0: enough. Yay. Yeah. Yay. Um, okay. What's the last good book someone recommended to you? Ooh, um,
1: oh, um this book called Parallel Worlds by Michio Kaku. It's about particle physics. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's about like um, like is time travel possible? And um he just talks about like physics problems, like par- a parallel. Uh, dimensions, um, in a way that is like really human, and I'm into that stuff. I want to cool. understand science, but I don't want to go to school. so but I don't,
0: you don't need to go back to school. Yeah. You have so many yeah. degrees. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Can I just trade this in and get <laughs> like a particle physics like this degree? I know. Um What about a good book that you've received
1: as a gift? You know, I was thinking about this, and nobody gives me books anymore. And I think it's everyone asks me what they should give as mm. gifts, and I'm always like book but um (laughs) my editor gave me a Meg Wolitzer book the female persuasion and I loved it so much is that also
0: Riverhead it is also Riverhead same editor
1: no we have different editors but same publisher um and then I read everything Meg Wolitzer ever wrote I've never
0: read her either
1: She might be a fiction writer for people who don't like fiction because you really, like, completely lose yourself in that narrative. Yeah,
0: I need that list because I wrote a post that was, like, nonfiction books for people who don't like nonfiction.
1: I want to find that because that's, like, me.
0: Oh, I have all the good nonfiction. Okay. I have, like, all the good, like, can't put it down nonfiction. I've got your list. Okay. Um, Are there – oh, are you someone who sets, like, reading goals?
1: Um, Normally, no, but this year I – I try to – I'm, like, keeping track of all the books I've read on my highlights on my Mm -hmm. Instagram stories. Um, And I'm trying to count and I'm trying to, like, make sure I'm doing it as, like, diversely as possible. Mm. So, yeah. So, I'm I'm trying to read, um, like, I think it's, like, two or maybe three a month. And I don't know if I'm doing that, but I'm trying.
0: (laughs) But I'm trying. Yeah. Um, Are there things that you wish that were different about your reading?
1: Yes. I wish I read – more internationally mm. international fiction like and things in translation yes yeah yeah. this year i've read a lot of japanese stuff in translation just to try to like fix that but i think there's like obviously so much more right. of course. <laughs> i just it's kind of hard to know you really have to sort of seek that stuff out once you do it's there you just have to like yeah look at it it's not like, as easy to get to yeah maybe like the, doesn't the National Book Award have like a translation category? They, they yeah. do. I should go just like read all of those.
0: And I think the book that won this year was written by a Japanese woman. Oh, really? Translated by an American woman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. Because she couldn't be there because she was at some book festival. Yes. Did you stream the award? Yes, I, I did. did yeah. I, was, I felt so nervous. I was folding laundry. <laughs> and I was like, this, I'm such a loser. It looks so fun. It looks great. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, How do you organize your books at home? It's definitely
1: by category. Definitely by category alphabetical, right. people. I'm a I was color just looking, person. I know you're going Oh my god, I was, was just going to say. I was like people who organize their books by color are insane.
0: I have a good memory for color. I have a good visual memory, oh. so it's easy for me. Like I know where everything is. Wow. I can like tell you like what book is where based on the spine. And I can also tell you what book has a different color spine than the cover cuz that fucks people up. Right? Yes. Like I don't. Do you know that book, um, "Stamped from the Beginning," no. by Ibram X. Kendi? It's like all about racism. Anyways, the book is gold on the front, but the spine is red with the gold writing. Oh my but god! But that's in the red room because it's a red oh spine. Oh my god! I know. I never used to do it, but it. I. It's more visually pleasing for me when I'm in the room. I get it. I get it. I just. <laughs> I know I, I have to defend myself because yeah. people talk shit. But then there's like the whole turning the spine to the back, and that I don't understand. I
1: have a friend who does that. She's an art. Director, okay. and I think that's the primary concern. Okay, but every time I go to her house, I turn a few books spine I out. I
0: know what's there. I know. <laughs> I want to judge you. Yes. <laughs> um, are there genres that you avoid or that you like particularly love? So I really
1: love literary sci-fi.
0: Okay, like what, for example?
1: Something. Um, like stuff like Friday Black, okay. like in that, like George Saunders, okay. Ted Chang, okay. Um I wish there's more women writers I could name but yeah. Um and then the book the genre that I don't really read which is you know I'm trying to sort of fix with this. Um the genre that I don't really read is historical fiction and right. I should read more. It's just like I don't know my history like mm-hmm. muscles are not very flexed and so oh. when I read a historical fiction book it's like feels like so much extra work for me because you want to be like researching yes the history yes I feel like I need so much context because I'm like kind of a dummy when it comes to this is why you read
0: nonfiction and then you just learn about (laughs) and you just make up your own story yes (laughs) yes um how do you read are you a physical book ebook audible definitely
1: hard hard copy I
0: someone gave me a kindle and
1: I took it to Europe last year and I have, don't think I've turned it on since. I just, it's not the same.
0: I don't even have one. I, it's a different experience. <laughs> it is. I don't, I'm, I don't, yeah. Yeah. I used to have a thing with my sister-in-law that we were going to start, this is like years ago, we were going to start a like social movement called Books Bitch. And it was just all about <laughs> books, like actual books. We still say it to each other, but it doesn't mean yeah. anything anymore. But yeah. Sometimes audiobook on like car trips. I'll do audiobook well our sponsor is audible so i'll do audiobook now because of them (laughs) um and i'll do it if it's written by the author nonfiction. so like yeah like tiffany haddish's book or like i did the tipping point by malcolm gladwell like people who know how to read yes yes
1: i've often done like celebrity books Mm -hmm. like i want to kind of want to listen to busy phillips book you know stuff like that yeah i don't want to do anything with that book
0: I don't get it. Who is she? I thought she was a Dixie chick. I thought she was oh that one God. Dixie chick. You know who I'm talking about? Yes, that's who I thought Natalie that was. Mains? Yep, the, the one thing. that yeah, looks yeah, just yeah. like her. Turns out she's an actual other person.
1: Oh yeah, like an Instagram
0: person. But like, is she any like? Uh, I, someone, please send me a message explaining to me who Busy Phillips is. <laughs> yeah, and why I'm not, not going to take care. on this responsibility. No, I'm like, <laughs> am I supposed to care? Am I supposed to know no, who she is? No. Okay. You do not have to. Because I feel like I've seen her book everywhere. And yeah. I'm like, does she have a story that I'm supposed to know about? No. Maybe.
1: I don't know. That's you know, that's, <laughs> that's when I'm you're trying to figure to, it right? out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's a thing. that you see it everywhere and then it tricks you into being like, like, Am I, I supposed I need to care? Yeah. Well, if you want to listen to the book on Audible. You can get your free audiobook download if you've never done Audible at audibletrial.com slash the stacks. See how I got that in there? Cool. So, see, copy. You <laughs> can give me my copy, whatever. <laughs> what is it called? Copywriter. Copywriter. Yeah. Um, okay. What's the last book that made you cry? Um, well,
1: definitely it was the short story Wah by Brian Washington and the New Yorker. Um, other than that, there is a ted chang short story okay um that the movie arrival was based on oh called the story of your is that life a
0: space movie kind of yeah this it's, is what, what's her face scarlett johansson amy adams oh. <laughs> but is, doesn't scarlett johansson also have a space movie does she i'm sure she has a space movie where she's like in a pod and then um they're all in pods going to like a planet and then the guy's pod breaks and then he like wakes her up. That's Jennifer Lawrence. And oh. it's called Passengers. Thank you.
1: <laughs> see, this is my this is my arena. You I love like this that. stuff. Okay. I don't write it, but I like love Would watching you write writing. it? I would, yeah. I totally would, yeah. But I just
0: haven't yet. Because then if you do, then someone could come on this podcast and be like, I like literary (laughs) sci-fi, and then they could name you as the woman that you didn't have. Contemporary women, yeah.
1: Contemporary women. We need contemporary women to do this.
0: Yeah, go do it. Okay. We need you. All right. What's the last book that made you angry?
1: The last thing I read that made me angry was this piece on something called Quillette.com, which was a personal essay. By a man who a white man who was trying to get a book published. And he wrote an essay about how hard it is for white men to get books published these
0: days. (laughs) What a loser.
1: I just could not I felt off of my chair. Like I just I can't with that argument, but it was so it felt so personal because it's like this world that I know where like women, especially women of color, have to go through different hoops are judged in different ways you just get to be a white man who has a universal voice your right. book's probably not that good
0: yeah your book's not that good or yes. maybe it's already been written yes like yes it's
1: derivative like yeah. yeah you try to find something original to say right. it just made me so
0: angry but um but also like getting your book published is hard it is hard like, it doesn't matter who you are it's yeah. hard period yeah so like the fact uh I don't even yeah. have to read the article to know I need yes. him.
1: Yes, yeah, it's like people who've never had to encounter a struggle before, are like well, this is hard. It's be- probably because like I'm right. a white man. Would well, not to like I'm married to a white man. Me like too. not to diss on them or whatever, but like sometimes you get you like just be better. Like yeah. don't do the thing everyone expects you to say. Right. So, yeah.
0: Right. Ugh, that's annoying. Yeah. Um, what's the last book that you read where you felt like you learned a lot?
1: This is going to be the same answer as the one um, that somebody recommended to me, but it was that parallel world. I knew you were going to say that. How could
0: you not? I
1: know. (laughs) I just am eating it up. I mean, did you? I don't. Do you know that time travel is possible? Did you know that? (laughs) I
0: don't know anything about this. Well, like, has it
1: been done? No. Oh. But it is theoretically possible. And. I I we're just like wait I, I think we're gonna get there we're just waiting in our lifetime I don't think in our lifetime
0: Ugh. which means you <laughs> I know to live to be really old so I, I know go, so I can go back in time and do things I know
1: <laughs> I know but the thing is that when you invent the time machine you can't go back to a time before the time machine was invented so you can only oh. go to the future theoretically this is what they're saying interesting so we won't be able that's why we don't see like time so travelers then you can't now go home. You can go only to the point where the time machine exists.
0: Right, but like if I if I get in a time machine now and go thirty years in the future, mm-hmm. can I come back to now, or I can never come back?
1: You can come back to now because there is a time machine right now. Then oh, your I scenario, you're, saying. you're yeah. literally
0: saying like if it doesn't exist, yeah. You go. I got it. See, isn't this like yeah? So fascinating. I'm fascinated. What's it called again? Parallel. Parallel worlds. I was calling it parallel particles. <laughs> <laughs> Same shit. Um. Oh. What's a book that you're proud to have read? Um, Ulysses. Mm, that's my father-in-law's answer, I think.
1: I only read it because I took a class in college that had me, you know, that took me like chapter by chapter. Did you like it? That wasn't the question, Tracy. No, I'm it just was curious. Proud. <laughs> my
0: father-in-law like likes it. Oh. So like I, he's proud of it, and hmm. he like likes it. It's his answer to the he'll he'll be like, oh, I have an answer for your questions, and I'm like, what? He's like Ulysses like, <laughs> for all of them. <laughs> I just,
1: I don't. There are parts of it that are so ecstatically beautiful mm-hmm. that are that are wonderful to read. Mm-hmm. There are parts of it that are so difficult yeah. and nonsensical that yeah. it's it 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 makes me angry. Okay. So, um,
0: I I don't know if I like. I don't know. Like isn't the word that I would use. Yeah. What about books that, what about a book or books that you're embarrassed to have never read?
1: I don't think you should be embarrassed to read books unless they're by Trump. (laughs) Unless it's like the art of the deal or something. Sure. Even then, I don't know. I, I just don't think, I'm really not embarrassed to have read books because like when I was little, the babysitters club like taught me how to re- sure to read and taught Those me how great. to yeah. Um Nancy Drew, um even stuff now like I there's some really good for lack of a better term like women's fiction or okay. chick lit or whatever. Right. There's like really good um smart stuff happening and I just yeah,
0: I don't I don't know. Anything that you're like I can't believe I've never read this.
1: Um oh yeah, Anna Karenina. I mm. feel like if I've a PhD in writing i should
0: probably read that i just well, didn't get around to you it don't, you didn't have it in russian literature <laughs> that's fine. true um i've never read any of the russians we call them the russians on the show because invariably in this section the proud or embarrassed yeah they come up oh Crime and punishment Karenina, yeah, brothers cars yeah. modern whatever <laughs> i read that one yeah so that this is like the russians section oh okay um what else oh a favorite book from childhood? I know you just said Babysitter's Club.
1: Yeah, but you know, the book that I really, really remember where I was when I read it was The Little Prince. Mm. Someone gave it to me when I was like I don't even know. That's a translation,
0: I was. right? Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah, that Jack. one I have reread and
0: reread. But yeah, that I don't was think like... I ever read that in English. I took French in elementary school oh and we did it in French, but That's I don't remember amazing. it because I don't speak French and I don't have oh. no memories of French whatsoever. Now. Oh. But I know we did like Le Petit Point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we like colored in a quilt, anyways. Um, a book that you would assign if you were like a high school teacher?
1: Um, Alexander Cheese, Autobiography of My Novel. Um, that book is supposedly a craft book, but it's really a book about a guy who has a relationship with like words and language and like what that means and how it helped him come out and how, how it helped him understand his identity. And, um, I think that it's so immediate that, that especially high school students who are like confused about, you know, what is identity and how do I, fit in mm-hmm. would find a lot of solace in that book
0: i should i guess ask the question again in a different way which is when you were teaching did you assign books and if so mm-hmm. was there anything that you always assigned
1: hmm. i mean that book just came out this year and right. i've just started assigning it um, and people love it um I didn't really teach high school. No, I mean
0: like you taught college people, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. What did you assign them?
1: The book that I assigned that they really loved is the is George Saunders' stories. The, okay. Those things, that those those stories, they really, really love because I think it's like this wild imagination but done in this like really, really smart way that right. feels aspirational. He's so.
0: Lincoln and the Bardo, right? Mm-hmm. Did you yeah. read that?
1: No, did you? Oh God, no.
0: That is like... <laughs> That's like what I could never, like, just looking at that book makes me be like, I hate this. (laughs) That's like my, that's my nightmare kind of book. Yeah. It's really fiction-y. Yes. Like real life fiction. Oh yeah. That's like trans and level fiction. Yes. Yes. What's a book that you love that you felt like didn't really represent you or like you didn't see yourself in, but you still really love the book. Mm
1: -hmm. For me, that Saturday by Ian McEwen. Mm -hmm. Um, Have
0: you read any Ian McEwen? I read Atonement okay do you like it i didn't really like it i don't remember it yeah i read this years ago either that's the thing it's like a movie too yes which i didn't see
1: i think i saw it and i don't remember it
0: but you liked saturday
1: saturday takes place all in one day and he just it's about this like really upper class british family okay and i just like i don't know there's nothing about it that I relate to or that is my life. It's on the day we invade Ira- Iraq. Like oh. it does it, nothing about it. Right. screams Asia. There, there's something, something about it that that um, I really, really love. I think it might be the language, mm-hmm. um, or the fact that it takes place all in one day. But right, there's it's such an unlikely book for me because I just don't see. Yeah. In, there's no me. I don't exist in the world of that book, right. which is kind of crazy.
0: Well, I I like this question because I feel like, I mean, we're both women of color, mm-hmm. so we are constantly reframing our world through maleness and whiteness. Like mm-hmm. when we examine, you know, television or whatever, yeah. and that we can put ourselves in that position. But I like this question because I think it's a good reminder to people that like you can read something that has nothing to do with you and still like it yeah because people are always like well why should I read diverse books I don't see color I just read And it's like no no yeah, yeah. no, no. Yeah. you should read a book by someone who's totally different than you that's about something totally different than you because guess what like maybe you could relate to someone who isn't you yes yes so I like I love hearing people's answer to that question because I think that it's always really an interesting book that it's like sure
1: yeah that's a good thing to remind people of because I think a lot of High school students and young readers are like, well, I can't relate to that. And I, and I feel like their idea of relating to something means it has to look like me, and be right. me. And I think that um, it's a good reminder that like relating to something can mean something else. Right.
0: And that you can like something that has nothing to do with you. Yeah. Right. Yes. Like, <laughs>
1: Like step outside yourself. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like there, you could find so much goodness in something that is... Totally not you. Like I am obsessed with true crime and I have been very lucky to not have experienced any true crime yeah. or like be a white guy. Cause I feel like so much true crime centers white men, mm-hmm. but like I find it to be very, and, I mean it also centers white women as the victims, but mm-hmm. like this, I like it's such a male thing. Yeah. And like, that's not me at all as a person. Yeah. So I, you know, and just like move, like I feel like, like I said, as women of color, we're constantly doing this. Finding good in things that are not like us, but I feel like a lot of people have that privilege where they don't have to. Yeah, but like, there's good stuff that's not you. Yeah, there's yeah. my soapbox yes, for the yes, day. Yes, yes. <laughs> Who would you want to write the story of your life? Can't be you. Can't, <laughs> can't, can't be, be your me. life. I'm, all the authors always say, "Well, I would do it." Well, no, can't be you.
1: I would say Alice McDermott. She is a writer for me who. Rep- reflects life back mm. like just that what it is to be living day to day that is mm. so heartbreaking that she does in all of her books um that I would definitely want I would want her to paint my
0: heartbreaking yeah. story oh no <laughs> no it's fine. It's gonna be a joyful yeah thing, okay happy ending. <laughs> my gosh we're not there yet um what about like Books or maybe for you also authors who influenced you or inspired you in your professional career?
1: Mm-hmm. Definitely Alex G., okay. who's a mentor of mine. Okay. Um, and then the book that he turned me on to, Marguerite Duras, The Lover. She's She was a French author um, and big – I mean, huge in France, but um, wrote really, really poetically and was the first time I was like, oh, you can write however you want to write. Like, that's fine. So. What did you? How did you think you had to write? I thought I had to write like um John Cheever or like Raymond Carver or something because that was like what I'd read, and I thought okay. you had to be like minimalist and like write about middle class like suburban families. And oh. I just didn't know you could say however you wanted what, what yeah. you wanted, however you wanted. When when did you read that book? Eight like eighteen or nineteen. Okay, yeah. So you were young. Yes, yeah. You it, was, was, it was like, like college, it's like shaping you yes. as a human. Yes, that's cool.
0: Yeah. Um. Do you watch a lot of film and TV? Like, are you like? Oh, a... yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I know we have a common show that we love. We do? Wait, what? Wait. Oh, no. Is it going to be? This is. <laughs> Am I going to be embarrassed? Yeah. Okay. The Bachelor. And <laughs> <laughs> Bachelor in Paradise. And I'm assuming The Bachelorette. Yes. I watch them all. So good. Me too. Franchises. And I like you, I don't think you should be embarrassed. About watching <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I watch it. I love it. It's mindless. It's a great time to be reading yeah. Twitter. Also just do oh, all at yeah. once. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Are there, can you think of any adaptations of books that were better as films or TVs? Yes. TVs, plural. Uh, <laughs> the hours. Oh, did you see the movie? I've never seen the movie or read the book.
1: I mean, I think Michael Cunningham wrote the screenplay. Okay, so he just like did it better, and he right. can tell like, or maybe he just consulted, but he just you can tell like it's doing these things that the book like couldn't do, like it's right. showing like you can hear and feel and like and almost touch like it's since sens- it's sensual in a way the book couldn't be. Hmm. Um, I loved it. I am so excited for the Elena Ferrante. Oh, HBO. I didn't read those. You might not like those. I don't. It doesn't. Mean yeah. To me. Um, yeah. Those are, those are, that one I think is way better. Yeah.
0: Oh, you've seen it. No, no, I'm sorry. The oh. Hours. And oh, the, the Ferrante hours. ones, yeah. They're coming out. Excited.
1: I think they're like out last night or something.
0: Oh. Yeah. Uh, besides your own book, any book that you would want to see turned into a TV show or movie? Um. Or do you want to see your book turned into that?
1: I do. Okay. I would. Yeah. Um, but one I, um, I know is happening is the Carmen Maria Machado, Her Body and Other Parties.
0: Oh, I, that's turning into a It's show. turning into
1: a TV show. Mm. I'm so excited. That was one of my favorite books of the year. And then, um, The Immortalist by Chloe Benjamin yeah. is another one that I think might be, a, have a film adaptation on the way, but it's one where I read it and I was like, oh, this is a, this is a movie like a
0: hundred percent. I've not read that either. That one you might like. It's oh, yeah. like really plot-y great. and beautiful. Sounds great. Yeah, y and beautiful, my kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, here's your last question. If you could require the current president of the United States to read one book, what are you making him <laughs> read? Well, I do think he should read the
1: Constitution, okay. probably. Sure, yes, that would be um, helpful. But as far as a book, I would love to see that jerk sit there <laughs> and have to read... Dreams of My Father, uh, which I think is a really good
0: book. Such a good book. Yeah. Such a good book. It's like
1: the kind of book that's written before someone's president too, so he likes not trying to write a presidential memoir. Yeah. He's just like, it's like a really honest like memoir. It's so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would, and I would, I need would love him to read every, every word. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
0: listen to the audiobook. Because yeah. Brock reads it, I'm pretty sure. He definitely oh, reads. Oh, really? I read, I listened to... Um, What's the other one? Why can't I think of it? Um, Audacity of Hope. Yes, yeah. I listen to that and he reads it. And it's like, that's like more policy. Yeah, yeah. But like, it's still great. It's his yes. voice. It's like, yeah. when I need to go to sleep, just he talk to you. me about, yeah. okay. Um, okay, well, that was great. Yeah. Do you have any last words you want to put out in the world?
1: Oh, last words. Hmm. I mean, I'm just so grateful that this podcast and like the whole community of bookstagrammers and book podcasts exists. I really wasn't aware of it until I published a book this year. And the community is so like, um, like hungry and Uh smart and excited. And I just am like, So happy to be it now. Like like, part
0: of it. it. I I didn't know it existed until I started doing this podcast. And I was like, I guess I should make an Instagram account for a podcast that I'm going to do. And then I was like, oh, hi, friends. Yeah. And now I like love it there. It's Mm -hmm. like my happy place. I like it more than my own Instagram. Yeah. So I guess I should tell people next week we're reading If You Leave Leave Me by Crystal Hana Kim, uh, historical fiction about the Korean War. It's fiction. So there will be spoilers. So you should read the book. Do you want to give a little tease? Did you like it?
1: I, I learned a lot and I did like it. Yeah. Okay.
0: That's all we'll say. Next week, we're going to talk about If You Leave Me by Crystal Hanna Kim. You've just been listening to me chatting with Asia Gable. And uh, we'll see you guys in the snacks. All right, y'all. That does it for this week of The Stacks. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to our guest, Asia Gable. Asia will be back next Wednesday to discuss If You Leave Me by Crystal Hanakim for The Stacks Book Club. And don't forget, next Monday, December 3rd, we're launching our mini episodes starting with Crystal Hanakim. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. Also, why don't you leave a rating or a review wherever you're listening so we can climb those charts and reach more book lovers? You can become a member of the Stacks Pack and contribute monthly to help make the show a reality. Go to patreon.com slash the Stacks and contribute what you can. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright, and our theme.